0: this week's episode of Seattle 2 Unknown. I am Melinda. And I'm Sarah. And we're here to rock your socks off with travel information. Yay! Rock your socks off, huh? Yeah, I'm trying to make this a little bit more edgier. We got And really... you went
1: with rock your socks
0: off? Yeah. Well, I mean, we got really nerdy the last episode, so you kind of have to like lean into the edginess. Ah,
1: I see. You can't quite dive right into it. You got to ramp up to it.
0: Yeah, exactly. In like four episodes, we're going to be like the Evil Knievel of travel podcast.
1: I am concerned by what you consider edgy. I don't know. It just sounded good. (laughs) You went from rock your socks off to Evil Knievel. Are you a soccer mom from
0: 1992? Wait, when did evil knievel not b- become cool it's not that he's not cool but he's it's just not an old edgy. reference i mean he was back in the day it's not exactly biting the heads off of bats yeah but even ozzy osborne isn't edgy anymore because he's just kind of old and delicate <laughs> is that the word we're going to use and confused like like he's just confused yeah well drugs are bad kids yes thank you soccer mom just say no to drugs oh
1: Oh, don't ya know? Those drugs are gonna get ya.
0: But they grow up so fast. Oh, but bless their heart. We love you, Midwestern states, and Minnesota. <laughs> I mean,
1: I have no opinion on the Midwestern states. I feel that way about Bobby's World. Oh, oh, Bobby. You watched way more of that than I ever did. I actually don't think I watched it that much. I was just so baffled by the accent that it stuck with. And
0: moving right along. <laughs>
1: What's your cocktail?
0: I have Reeds, all natural, zero sugar, extra ginger ale. What's extra about it? It's more gingery. Ew, why would you want that? Because I love ginger ale, but like Canada Dry is kind of pathetic in the ginger department. I want fucking ginger.
1: There's the edginess.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's good. You know what this would be good for? Nausea. A mule. A Moscow mule. Reeds (laughs) is good just because it's all super gingery. If you say so. I do say so. The only lame thing is it comes in glass bottles and um, my county doesn't recycle glass, which makes me really sad. Just have to pack it out. I just bring it over to my sisters and be like, here you go. I got a present for you. All the pasta jars you could ever want. (laughs) Pasta sauce jars. Not like jars of pasta. That would be weird. It would be weird. Uh, Yeah. What's your cocktail? My
1: cocktail is a bottle of bioquella It's like a shorla, but more on the water side than on the juice side. And it is organic orange and passion fruit lemonade. I was going to say, do you have flavored sparkling water, essentially? It definitely has more juice content than a sparkling water would have. It says it's 6% fruit, whereas sparkling water is just flavored. It's like 2%. <laughs> it's like 0.2%. 0.02 percent it's, it's very good and you can get it in big bottles for super cheap so this is three-fourths of a liter and it was 99 cents that's not bad and it's delicious is it though
0: yes it is okay i'll take your word for it it looks good sounds good it'd be better if it was apple shorla nah passion fruit is way better than apple germans love their passion fruit don't they yes they do I feel like we're slow on that uptake over here yeah, a little bit. So do you have any life updates? Oh, I do. I have a couple. Uh, the other day, I... Saw a bear? Did something good for me. It did not have tennis shoes, though. <laughs> anyway, continue. Uh, I did something good for me. I went and I had a massage, and that was probably, like, the best life decision I could have done. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because standing all day and in shoes that are apparently bad for my feet specifically it's just kind of rest- wrecked my back and shoulders mm-hmm. so yeah no that was a good life choice so worth it feels so much better and i got to drink like my body weight in water yesterday <laughs> afterwards okay well you're supposed to drink a bunch of water to help flush out the toxins that get released from like all your bunched up muscle knots when they asked how much water do you drink and i'm like i typically try to drink 40 ounces she's like oh that's really good you're probably gonna want about double that today And i'm like oh man that was really great i treat yourself sweet it's important But then I went to the grocery store and this is like when my faith in humanity just, just gone. It's the end of the world. There's people at the dairy section looking at the milk and the lady asked if there was any milk that didn't have dairy in it. And the person she was asking didn't know and had to go ask the dairy manager. Uh, All milk is dairy. It's whether or not it has lactose. Yes. And there's milk alternatives. That aren't. But they're not. They're not really milk. But the fact that neither one of them knew that all milk is dairy, (laughs) that just, that hurt me so much. And then they had to ask somebody. It's like, oh my gosh. It's like people, when they hear I'm lactose intolerant, they ask me if I can eat eggs. I don't know why that's where their brain goes first thing, but it is. I actually was
1: about to say something about that. So we were playing this game over Christmas and we had to list things that were- In different categories and one of them was dairy and my brother-in-law said eggs
0: okay in all fairness he and I both have a grocery background and eggs are in the dairy department right
1: but that does not make it dairy but it's
0: like refrigeration department yes exactly it does not but for some reason that's where people's brains go every time when you're like oh I'm lactose intolerant they're like oh so you can't drink milk or eat eggs (laughs) it's like no no eggs come from a chicken milk comes from a cow there's a difference if it doesn't come from a teat it is not milk hence why you know all your nut milks soy milks coconut milks well that's a nut too sort of isn't actually milk i don't know that just oh my god That. Mmm. so sad for the world (laughs) we're doomed these were like grown-ass adults that were probably older than i am and they did not know yikes whoa whoa for the future well, it was so
1: funny when we were playing that game because my brother in law just kept doubling down on it no it's dairy it's dairy i don't get why you guys don't get that it's dairy i'm like uh, 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 uh. you lose
0: he's too much in that grocery mindset
1: <laughs> he can't get out of it well and i know that he knew it's not really dairy but he was sure gonna argue until he won but he did not win <laughs> <laughs>
0: don't don't quit your jay job and
1: become a lawyer <laughs> Moose just knocked over my drink onto my other drink.
0: But yeah. Wow. Baby New Year's got a problem. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was my yesterday. And it, it was so good and relaxing. And then my heart broke for the future. <laughs> What's your update? Uh,
1: my update is I really scared a lady with a baby. Well, that's not nice. So I went in for a chiropractic appointment. And Andrew has this new setup Andrew, who was on the show previously, where there's multiple tables laid out. So when you come in, if it's not your turn yet, you just sprawl out on a table and wait so you can just kind of relax for a little bit. And there's a lady ahead of me getting adjusted and she had brought her baby with her. And she like laid out a jacket on the floor, put the baby on the back, on his back so he could play and just kind of chill out for the whole 10 minutes of the appointment and the baby started crying and andrew goes hey sarah why don't you go over and help and i was like <laughs> oh no he asked me first are you good with babies and i said well i've only dropped one oh who did you drop bella how bad uh about three feet how old was she uh, about nine months <laughs> Oh. <laughs> but anyway so God. um i think he thought he was i was joking and he goes really just play with the baby for a minute so it, it so he's distracted. So I get on the floor and I'm like, you know, doing the goo goo gaga and like tickling and all that usual baby stuff. And he goes, you can pick him up. I wasn't joking. I have dropped a baby. And you know how you drop one? The first step is picking it up. And the mom is on the table and she just kind of turns to look at me like, what has Andrew signed my baby up for?
0: <laughs> can you can you leave my baby on the floor, please? <laughs>
1: but yeah, I picked him up and bounced him on my knee for The, like, two minutes left in the appointment. But I handed the baby over when the mom was done. And she just kind of looked at me like, never touch my child again. (laughs) How old would you say this child was? I'd say... I'm not good at judging babies' ages.
0: Six months, maybe? Okay, so teeny still. Yeah. Where you have to support the the noggin because it's too heavy. Ooh, yeah, don't drop that one. Yeah.
1: And I felt so bad because, like, the baby wasn't going to be dropped. It was fine. But... I opened with a joke, not realizing he was serious that he wanted me to go play with the baby. And uh, yeah, that was awkward. But hey, I didn't drop the baby.
0: No babies were harmed in yesterday's activities. And that's the important part. Exactly. That poor mom, though. Uh, She goes, it's fine, I think. Like, yeah,
1: I think so, too. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't quite at the stage where he was super wriggly. And that was the problem with Bella's changing her diaper And I had to lift her up so that I could pull like the diaper out from under her. And as I lifted her into the air, she jerked and wriggled around in a circle. Have you seen the episode of Friends where Phoebe gets the pugs and she picks one of them up and it kind of whips around? That's what Bella did. And in the process of whipping around, I just lost grip of her and boom, right on the ground.
0: You know, if everything that you're going to drop, the baby is like, the thing that you're supposed to save
1: well she was the only thing in my hands, so it's not like that was the
0: issue but uh that's when you do like the the slippery thing and then you're like oh, oh, and then you still catch them and save them from death yeah
1: no she kathunked and now every once in a while when bella does something silly we go hmm remember that one time <laughs> yeah, we thought there had been no further ramifications but
0: clearly how's her balance and coordination yeah fine I assume. I mean, if she's related to you, she didn't have the best, you know, of those <laughs> genes. So hopefully you didn't worsen that. Eh, I'm sure it's okay.
1: This will never stand up in court though, Bella. There's a statue of limitations
0: on child dropping and you can't sue me for this later. Yeah, she's probably exceeded that limitation too. Yeah, hopefully. Ready from some news? Or do you have some more horrific baby dropping stories you want to drop on us? Nope, that's
1: the only one I've got. Because I have not dropped, look at it this way, I have held three babies in my life and I only dropped one. So the odds are actually better that I won't drop the baby. It's a 66% success rate.
0: I would just like to say one day I'll have to tell you about the story how I saved a baby's life. But that's another day. Okay. Yep, true story. News? For us,
1: maybe? So originally, I was going to do a story about Airbnb's forecasted travel trends for 2020. And it was things like, people value experiences. People like staying in small places like tiny homes. It wasn't actually all that thrilling. But then, I found another story. Go with me, if you will. Imagine you have rented an Airbnb. And you show up, and everything in the unit looks almost like what it seemed like online but not quite so you pull up the original posting and look at the pictures and you realize this is all the right furniture this is all the right art on the walls but none of them are in the places they are in the pictures
0: is it like slightly moved to the left or like completely opposite completely different
1: and then you look and you see the picture of the kitchen you see oh there's two counters but this unit has one counter and then you go out into the hall and there's cleaning staff everywhere, like just coming in and out of almost every unit on your floor. And then you start knocking on doors and you say, hey, I booked an Airbnb here. Are you also in an Airbnb? And you realize everyone on your floor is staying. In, in fact, there appear to be no actual residents there. Ha. Huh. And they're all saying the same thing. Okay. This isn't what I booked online. Some people asked for three beds. They got two. Some people asked for a bed and a couch or that's specifically what they booked. And that's not what they got. So you look at the rentals in that area and you see that every single listing in that area has the same furniture, has the same art on the walls. Every single one has a champagne bottle, the exact same champagne bottle somewhere in one of their photos.
0: So it's like stock photos for like 25 different listings. Not stock photos because it is. Or like same photo for 25 listings.
1: Okay. And so that is what happened to a writer for Wired. His name is James Temperton. And he was staying in London. And he inadvertently uncovered what is a fully illegal operation, where a man out of Germany somehow bought up all of the units in a single apartment building and was operating them effectively as a hotel, but posing as different people owning the different units. He had rigged up fake profiles to leave reviews for them, fake identities to be the hosts of these units, and essentially was scamming people by not giving them what they had actually booked because uh, in London there's a rule it's similar to what the rule is in New York essentially both cities are trying to combat short-term rental abuse where people are buying units and just constantly renting them out because generally speaking people in apartments like to know their neighbors they don't want their next door neighbor to essentially be a hotel there's a sort of an aspect of safety there that you wanna know who your neighbors are. You don't want constant, like a rotating door of new people coming in and out. In New York, the rule is you cannot rent your unit for more than 30 days a year, or you cannot do short-term rentals. You can do rentals of greater than 30 days. Well, in London, they took the opposite tactic that you can rent your unit, but you can't do it for more than 90 days out of it because anything over, over the, that, You're effectively running a hotel and you have to be within a zone, zoned for hotels or a building for that purpose. Well, so James Temperton essentially uncovered that there is at least one company in London that is putting, it's so complicated. (laughs) So I highly recommend reading the article, but essentially a local church had a property built on their land that was going to be low income housing. They turned it over to a management company and that management company was actually a man based in germany who was using it as airbnbs
0: oh so
1: it's all very very convoluted and difficult to track and it's a very long article but i suggest reading the whole thing what this person was doing was that he had 24 units all furnished exactly the same way he hired a call center in the philippines to do their customer service and they're all instructed to pretend that they are the host listed on airbnb yeah and he had hired like bottom of the barrel cleaning services so these units were filthy clogged drains stained sheets uh just generally not super sanitary and so he had 24 units he had listed them 28 times on airbnb under separate accounts wow So that way, Airbnb... It's a lot of passwords. (laughs) I think he's probably got a password manager. So on Airbnb in London, once you've rented out your property for 90 days, your account is shut down for the rest of the year. No more listing. So then those 28 units would, once they were maxed out, would be relisted under a different account.
0: So this was happening in London? Yes, in
1: London. And apparently a very desirable part of the city. And so not only was it on Airbnb 28 times under multiple accounts, it was also on a few different other services like FerbO, and Booking and Expedia. So at no point did any one service realize that he had, was exceeding the 90-day limit repeatedly and he yikes. could just continually keep them up. And yikes! if you look at the pages that The listings they made, tons and tons of reviews from a bunch of different people, all using roughly the same wording. Copy and paste, Mm -hmm. baby. And if you check through the history, you can see that the host, the name changed over the years. So for a while, the host's name was Christian. And then for a while, it was Leon. And then for a while, it was Robert. So they keep changing names as they max out their 90 days.
0: Yikes. And- That's terrible. This is where it
1: gets really weird. So over time, the fake reviews start being filtered through with some real reviews as the product, as the rooms go live and can be booked on Airbnb. And one of their bad reviews is from David Schwimmer's wife. Like legit? legit. They contacted her while writing this article and she confirmed it was her.
0: Now, for those of you don't know, David Schwimmer was the star Well, one of the stars of the hit TV series Friends.
1: Yeah, it's a really, really fascinating read as he goes through and uncovers the connection to the Catholic Church and the fact that the... It goes all the way to the top! It goes all the way to the top. So he tracks down... Is the Pope involved? The person who owns the shell company that is creating all of these rentals. And it is nuts. It's just nuts. But it's so funny because you can see the trail of people leaving reviews. Like, you'll see, he said, I'll just pick a name at random. Like, Anna left a review for rental number one and then rental number two and then rental number three. Like, oh, Anna, why are you staying at all of these rentals? Get yourself a house.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She can't. She's on a budget.
1: But yeah, I just love that the whole thing that unraveled this was the fact that the guy was just like, I'm going to ask around. So he just goes door to door and sees every single apartment there with the exact same furniture. And it's all like really low end flat pack garbage. One person described it as looking at at, like an apartment that had been abandoned and then quickly furnished with stuff that fell off the back of a truck or something to that effect.
0: This was a journalist that figured this all out. Uh Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. See, that's the problem when you let a journalist book your sketchy uh airbnb deals they're going to investigate it's literally what they do for a living
1: yeah it's it's a really interesting read they're using they keep using these fake reviews and then which means that whenever someone leaves an honest one zero however many star review they can discredit them. They'll reply, well, you were doing X, Y, and Z, and you were terrible guests, and just look at all the wonderful reviews we have.
0: Yikes. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that, like, affect your avail- or your ab- ability to get other bookings through them, if you're a terrible guest? Exactly.
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So the journalist ends up taking it to the city council planning board, and suddenly their complaint just gets dismissed like well everyone in the units has a long-term lease therefore it's valid there's no way you went to these apartment buildings full of people doing short-term rentals and you managed to decide to determine that all 24 units have long-term leases in them because they don't Hmm. but yeah it was yikes it's really full of twists and turns and everyone along the lane way who's involved with this building somehow the property owner the church that had it built none of them knew it was being used as airbnbs somehow they were all fooled or are at least pretending yes. to be fooled but essentially the outcome was the writer eventually took this to airbnb and said look at this scam i've uncovered these people aren't planning to actually maintain these units that well they're not available if you need help because the people you're contacting are actually in a call center in Phil- the Philippines. And Airbnb, you might have actually received an email from them recently. That it was in the news, and I think they sent out a mass email saying, hey, we're aware that there's some problems, and so our goal for 2020 is to vet all of our units and all of our hosts. And these listings were all taken down afterwards.
0: So you can't even go, hey, Airbnb, this is a scam. It's like, oh, no, hey, these are not being maintained properly. And that's what caught their attention. Well, technically, no user was actually being scammed in
1: the sense that they were renting a place, they showed up, and they had a place to sleep. Just nobody was getting exactly what they wanted because they were just slotting okay. people in. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, it's, Yikes. it's an interesting one. It makes me that much more uncomfortable with the concept of airbnb
0: which it started out being such a great tool and now it's become a little bit sketchier it's kind of like uber or any rideshare things like it started out really well it was the best thing ever and then people started taking advantage of the programs and now you have to be really cautious and leery and we're back to square one i've used airbnb three times
1: now And each three times, it was a wonderful experience. But there's that much more hesitation each time, because there's always some new story.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, uh...
1: Do your research? Yeah, and do not trust the reviews, especially if you're seeing things that are getting a little repetitive in the reviews. Because it really could just be one guy behind his keyboard with 300 accounts interacting with
0: himself so many passwords (laughs) that's my concern really
1: so yeah but definitely go back and read the article because my summary is just a very rough summary and there are so many turns in this thing i was like i thought i got what was going on and suddenly david schwimmer shows up as he does sometimes in london yeah well did you hear the story about a guy I think he was robbing some convenience store and he was taking out a large number of beer bottles and he looked up in the security camera and he looked just like david schwimmer
0: no yeah
1: and then a few days later david schwimmer went and recreated the image it was pretty funny
0: oh gosh good sense of humor though
1: i would hope so if you're on friends for however long he was and you come out the other side with a terrible sense of humor you've done something wrong
0: anyways This week's topic is traveling with
1: pets, (sighs) aka probably one of the most challenging travel experiences a person can have.
0: My travel with pets has been brief. It involves car rides and moving or, you know, we adopted the cat in this city and now we have to drive you home. And everything's really new, so you're just going to cry the whole way. But don't worry, we're going to be best friends later. (laughs) And my travel experience with pets uh,
1: involves two West Coast road trips from Seattle to L.A. Well, one to Seattle, one from Seattle to L.A. and one from L.A. to Seattle. And one transatlantic flight with a cat and two transatlantic flights with a dog. None of which were fun. Okay, the cat one was kind of fun because the person sitting next to me accidentally spilled Bailey's on her. And uh, the cat lapped it up and she was having a hell of a time after that.
0: It's sleepy time now. What? I'm where? Night-night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so I have traveled more than my fair share with cats and dogs and birds. Basically all the, bi- the big three. What the fuck? Birds are a big three? What do you think is in the three- Mini horses, they go on planes. (laughs) Okay, okay. Duh. Birds are in the top four. I'm
0: not, like, a pet bird fan. I'm sorry. It's just not my thing. They're obnoxious. I
1: am not necessarily a big pet bird fan either. I'm a fan of the bird I have. But I will not get another bird again. (sighs) So, if you find yourself in a position where you may want or need to travel with an animal long distance... First, ask yourself whether or not you actually need to do it, because it's more manageable by car, but it is challenging by air, because there's no pulling over for a rest when you're in an airplane. There's no, like, roadside pit stop so your cat or dog or whatever can pee. They're just going to pee where they are, and uh, people don't like the smell of pee on airplanes, funny enough.
0: Especially not cat pee. That stuff's awful so it's like i don't know you would think that it wouldn't be so vile but it is it is it stinks yo if
1: you're doing something temporary like going on a vacation and assuming your pet is a pet not a service animal or therapy animal or a support animal of some sort
0: a working animal yeah
1: really think about whether this is necessary because it is stressful for everyone involved. Like your pet will be stressed, you will be stressed because they're stressed. And if you can save yourself that stress, do it. It's not a happy time for
0: anybody, really. No.
1: It's just it's unpleasant, and I wouldn't recommend doing it if you don't have to. Moose agrees. He's been travel he's been forced to travel. He didn't enjoy it much. He can vouch for it. I believe it for sure yes and then if you decide, shush <laughs> if you decide that yes you must do it maybe you're relocating and where you go your pets go then determine what kind of legwork you need to do up front before you book anything because if you're traveling domestically it's much easier but if you're traveling internationally you must follow the rules to the T They will say, we need X, Y, and Z, and you must give them exactly X, Y, and Z.
0: Remember that one time Johnny Depp went to Australia with his dogs and didn't, like, declare them or whatever, and they had to get quarantined? Well, that's... Because the proper measurements weren't taking place. Yeah, and to travel with pets to Australia, your pet
1: must be quarantined. I think the only exception is, like, if you're coming from New Zealand, because they have similar biodiversity issues. Yeah, which
0: is fair, but, like... You need to get your ducks in a row because certain places are going to require certain things and some might be more than others. Mm -hmm.
1: And for instance, I know when I was bringing my cat into the EU, the paperwork said, if you do not have X, Y, and Z, we reserve the right to put your animal down upon arrival.
0: Oh, not even like return ticket home that you must purchase. It's like
1: bye bye. It's sort of a case-by-case basis. It's just, we might not go that far. We might bring a vet in to come and test your animal. But if that resource is not available to us, we can do what we want. Oh. Which is why it is very, very important that you have everything they need. Damn. Yeah. And that's why bringing her into the, into the EU was so frightening. Because it was the first time for me I had ever taken a pet across any borders and I kept asking the vet like no really tell me that I have everything again can you check it again make sure I have every single thing they're asking for and it's not even just that you have to have exactly what they're asking for you have to have it within the time frame they're requesting so I know we needed a rabies shot that was more than 30 days old and a
0: blood test that was less than three days away from the flight Damn. I mean, I get it. They're going to want to make sure everything's current and up to date. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is where we get to the
1: next point. Consult your vet and make sure that they check all the boxes for you on top of you doing your own checks. And make sure that you have records that show all of their vaccinations are up to date. Um, Another thing you need to do is determine if your pet can fly in the cabin or go in cargo. Uh, If you have a cat that's a little bit on the heavier side, they might ask you to put them in cargo. So make sure you know what your cat weighs and make sure that it's under the limits. Same for dogs, but I think of cats because I flew with my cat in the cabin. What are cat weight limits? Uh, I think the total is your your bag and your cat can weigh no more than 12 pounds and that'll vary from airline to airline. But Birdie had to go on a little bit of a diet to make sure she scraped in under that limit. Ooh, my cat's a big boy. He can't (laughs) fly. And so um, if your pet can go in the cabin, that should be your option number one. But most pets are probably over a 12-pound weight limit. So just be prepared for the fact that they will likely need to go in cargo. Uh, Once you know if they're cargo or cabin bound, make sure you get a carrier or a crate that is compliant. It has to be soft-sided to be inside the cabin and hard-sided to go in cargo. And, like, they all have different rules. Makes sense. So, like, your crate probably needs metal fasteners for the corners or zip ties. It needs to have proper ventilation. It needs to be plastic most of the time no shipping your dogs in wooden crates apparently because this is not indiana jones uh wooden crates don't have like no they do proper ventilation but just make sure it ticks all of the boxes just because a carrier says airline approved doesn't really mean anything because what airline every airline has different rules
0: Make sure you research before you spend that money, because carriers aren't typically cheap regardless of where you're going No, with they them. are not. And
1: I think one of the worst things that kept popping through my mind was that I'm going to show up at the airport, have my cat or my dog in their carrier, and they're going to say that's not compliant. And then what do I do? Where's the nearest pet store? Where do I get a new crate in the time it takes me between now and boarding? Like Line it up beforehand. At one point, I even took a picture of the crate my dog was going to fly in, and I sent it to the airline on Twitter and said, is this okay? I was going to say, call or try and email them. Yeah. I wanted confirmation, so if at the airport they said, no, this doesn't work, why it wouldn't work, I have no idea. But I could send them a picture, like a screen cap, and be like, look, see, here is where you said this was okay.
0: You told me it was fine, and then start crying (laughs) hysterically until they say, yeah, okay, fine, okay. That should yeah. not be your first plan though.
1: no and some airports will sell you crates at the airport because they know like people don't realize what they're buying they get there and it gets rejected but those crates are easily two three hundred percent more expensive.
0: They should have like a rental program.
1: Well, they should have a lot of things at the airport
0: <laughs> that like emergency like crate rental so then everybody wins. Uh, The one
1: time I looked into buying a crate for Moose at the airport because I wasn't sure how to get him a suitcase, his crate, my backpack, like all of my stuff to the airport on a train. Uh, They quoted me 350 euros for a crate. Ha ha! No! Yeah. Sweet jeez. Yeah. Do the legwork. Figure out that you've got a good crate. And... Hopefully, all will go well because that's kind of the risk with traveling with pets. Somebody along the way can say, no, I don't like that crate. You can't use that. Generally, it probably doesn't happen all that often. But as with anything, airlines reserve the right to be a jerk. It's in the fine print. Yep. So once you have your carrier, make sure that they're used to it. It would be no fun to throw a dog in a crate the day of a flight and just hope that they're okay with it. Like, hey, buddy, get into this box and we're going to ship you off. Enjoy. Please stay calm. So once they're used to it and making sure that you're staying true to the schedule of when you need to get things done, schedule tests, um, organize your documents and double check that everything is checked off. And this is a really important one. On the day of your flight, do not sedate your pets. In the past, it was really common to just kind of give them something to make them sleepy. But airlines don't let you do that anymore.
0: No more Benadryl coladas for you, but it makes sense because it becomes a big safety thing of like, oh my God, did we kill your dog or is it just passed out on Benadryl?
1: And apparently the medicines that one would typically use to sedate an animal thins their blood. Oh. And it makes it dangerous for them at high altitudes. Like humans, take somebody to thin yourself, thin your blood while you're flying for good reasons. When you do it to an animal, it's not great for their heart. So they do not let you sedate your pets. And in fact, many airlines during the check in process will ask you to take your pet out and they will like do small interactions like, hey, buddy, like look over here. Is this
0: cat scared shitless of everything and wants to murder me? Yep, it's good.
1: And um, they will check that the animal is responsive. And if your animal is not responsive, it is not safe to
0: fly. That makes sense. Well, you know, and I'm glad they have that just to help them out, make sure that they survive. Being scared shitless for a long time.
1: Exactly. What you can do is give them an anti-anxiety medication. That is still safe. You just cannot make them sleep. So, for instance, when I was taking Bertie to Germany, my cat, I know that's confusing. Uh, when I was bringing my cat to Germany, I gave her kitty Xanax, which is just little Xanax pills. <laughs> Kitten but Xanax. Actually, so the vet prescribed it, but she said, I'm giving you 12 pills. I want you to immediately go home and test it put her in a closed space like a bathroom, give her one pill, and wait. And thank God I did, because Birdie is the one-in-a-million animal that when given Xanax actually becomes hyper-aggressive.
0: I think it just heightens her (laughs) hyper-aggressive. Really? I mean, she's really a sweet cat. But, like, if she doesn't like you, you'll know. Yeah,
1: well, Birdie tried to claw my face off. So... I don't
0: blame I mean, remember, was it the leash? Yeah, that was Birdie and the leash.
1: <laughs> so basically, uh, I learned really quickly that Xanax is not for her. And she was just going to have to go it without anything. Which ultimately turned out fine because she discovered Bailey's. But uh, <laughs> any medication should be tested before you get on the plane. Because if I had given it to her before the flight, we might have been in some trouble.
0: You would have gotten kicked off. <laughs> They'd
1: be like, we are landing now in Denver. We didn't make it very far.
0: But You can blame Lady in row 18, CG, and her damn cat. But, so... For the flight, make sure
1: that if your pet is in cargo, they have access to food and water. So, like, crate-attached dishes. Legally, you must provide those things. They will not let your pet into cargo if you do not put food or water in their dish.
0: How does that stay into the little dish cups? They load them very carefully. The one thing they load in cargo carefully (laughs) is animals. Okay, that's good. Thank God. I wouldn't want to see them chucking a crate. I would be very concerned.
1: And if your flight is over a certain number of hours long, they ask that you attach extra food to the crate. So that way, if there's a layover or there's a delay or something, someone will come in to cargo on the tarmac and dump food into their bowl. Oh, okay. If you're traveling in in the cabin with an animal, I highly suggest that you cut off their water. Like, not cut it off, but limit it because you do not want them to pee on a plane.
0: I'm going to guess most times the animals are not that comfortable enough with their surroundings and whatnot to want to eat too much or drink water too much. Uh, Birdie was fine. And generally, she's not
1: a cat who wants to pee anywhere but her litter box. Like, she's loath to pee anywhere else. But she still needed some water. It was a 10-hour flight.
0: Yeah, they're probably not going to need a whole lot anyways but it's good to have it on hand just in case they are the one that's like yeah this is fine whatever feed me yeah generally what i did is when you
1: get the little airline cups of water i'd drink it down to like the last quarter and then i'd put that in her carrier and let her drink the rest Um, which ultimately turned out to be a bad idea because we had two flights and even though i set up a litter box for her in the frankfurt airport bathroom So she could pee. She would not pee. Waited till we were on our second flight. Pushed her butt up against the mesh of the carrier and peed onto the floor of the airplane. And it never came out. No, probably not. Another thing is, this is really important if you're flying with a pet in cargo. And I know when I first heard it, I thought it was kind of silly, but I did it anyway. And it turned out it was a very good idea. If you're flying with a pet in cargo, as you board, flag down a flight attendant and say, Hi, I'm sitting in this seat. My pet is flying in cargo. Could you please confirm he is loaded? And alert the pilot to the fact my pet is in cargo. Because pilots may or may not know that there is a pet in cargo, it's good to let them know. Because if there are no animals in cargo, the cargo hold is not climate controlled.
0: Oh, I was going to ask, why is it important for the pilot to be aware? Okay, climate control. Exactly. The pilot is the one who flips the switch
1: that climate controls the cargo area, because otherwise they save energy by not doing that.
0: Which, because you're so high up in the air, it gets ridiculously cold exactly and they could potentially freeze to death like legitimately
1: and it has been known to happen oh that's one of the things i didn't list here is research the airline make sure that they have a good track record with animals
0: especially in cargo yep they don't get flight attendants down there no they do not do they get lights or are they just in the dark they're probably just in the dark still i think they're in the dark
1: which is probably for the best yeah and I actually, I talked to a friend of mine who is a pilot and I asked him, is this silly? And he goes, no, we don't care. Like it's not, if we've already flipped on the climate control, we're not going to be offended if you ask us to double check. In fact, we'd rather you double check with us so that we don't make a mistake that is going to
0: kill an animal. Like we don't want to be responsible for that. So yeah, remind us. Especially if it's probably not a super regular thing. I'm going to guess it happens often, but it's not. Every flight, every time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it. I think it's more regular than we realize, but still. It's not going to be every flight necessarily that they're doing.
1: Yeah. So just have them double check. You can even say, I would like com- confirmation before we
0: take off. Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> makes total sense to alert them and ask for confirmation too. This is your your animal. It's your fur child. It's your family light and joy yeah so why not take the same precautions as you would for a child as you would an animal that you're flying with makes sense yeah especially flying with a child in cargo and if you have really cute pictures of your pet maybe the pilot will invite them up to the cockpit with them
1: <laughs> i'm kidding probably uh, not but <laughs> probably not
0: <laughs> it'd be cool
1: yeah and in fact the first time i flew with moose which was not his first flight just my first flight with him i I asked the person in the window seat if I could swap with them just until cargo was done loading because I wanted to see him get on board and she was like yeah did you like wave when you saw his crane there
0: he is that's my baby
1: yeah and actually the flight attendant who I would already talked to came over and I was in the very last row of seats and she sort of perched over my shoulder and looked out the window and I was like that's him that's him and she goes oh he looks cute like I mean, you can't see inside of his crate, lady, but okay. Yes, he is cute. But, like,
0: gold star for, like, the amount of support she was trying to give you. Right on. If you are a
1: person who are prone to getting a little anxious, they make Xanax for people, too, I hear. Because... just for kitties. The first flight with him, he was fine. Complete champ. He popped out the other side, like, what? Am I someplace new? Where is this? Where am I? But not at all anxious. It was, like, no big deal for him. Whereas I got off the flight... Shaking. Where is he? Bring him here now. And then I felt like an idiot when he was like, What? Huh? What's going on?
0: What's up? Fancy meeting you here. Where are we going? <laughs> Where are we at? Let's go. But I think that's also just personalities for both yeah. of you. He's the doofus yeah. that's just really excited for the fancy car ride he just had. And <laughs> you're the ball of nerves. Yep. People. This is going to sound a little selfish, but when people talk about why you shouldn't
1: travel with pets, they always say it's because it's such a huge stress on the animal. And yes, it is absolutely stressful for animals to do something weird and that
0: involves shaking and their ears popping. That's definitely a stress. Babies don't even get why their ears are popping. Stupid babies. I'm just kidding. It's so, so hard as the person responsible for the animal,
1: you know... I am, that could potentially be dangerous. I am doing something, in my case, that was elective. He didn't need to come home for Christmas. Bertie, it was a different story. She had to move with me. There were no other options. But your parents didn't want to take her back? She's not good with other cats, and they have a cat. Oh, I didn't know if they had a cat then. Okay, yeah. There was nobody in our family who didn't already have a cat, so there was no option to leave her with someone. And I wasn't going to put her up for adoption. I wasn't going to, you know, give her back to a shelter. She was coming with me. We're, you know, we're partners in crime, whether she likes it or not.
0: She's old and cranky and sad in her ways. Yeah. yeah she was 12 when we moved here. <laughs> she's not 12 anymore. Yeah. No, she's old. She's an old lady now.
1: Do what you need to do to take care of your stress levels on a flight. Because honestly, the first two hours I sat there and every time there's a bump, I wanted to cry. I was like, he's getting banged around down there. This is all my fault. He wasn't getting banged around. He was fine. But I swear every once in a while I'd hear something, to would be like, is that a dog barking? No, dummy. You won't be able to hear him over the engines. But I was convinced.
0: It's really just somebody snoring two rows <laughs> over. It's a baby somewhere.
1: A baby that I did not drop. It'll never hold up in court. <laughs> so yeah. Land, go and retrieve your pet, clean them up because they may have done their business in their cage, and then go through customs. So make sure you've got all of your paperwork in a place that's easily accessible because they might want to look it over. And then if you are staying someplace long term, make sure you know the local laws about registering your pets because you might need to. And if you don't, you could get into trouble. Big trouble. So those are- yes, for you and the pet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of places are not messing around. Oh one more thing to add to this if you are taking your pet somewhere particularly dogs make sure they are not a restricted breed before you do so because lots of countries have breed bans particularly for pit bull varieties for mastiffs for dobermans sometimes german shepherds anything that someone might think was violent. And yes, I know that a breed does not inherit. So chihuahuas? Chihuahuas are fine. If it's small (laughs) enough, you can kick it away. You're probably fine. Those things will get you. I know, for instance, in Germany, you need a special license to have any of those types of dogs. And if you don't have it, they can take your pet away. So get those licenses and register. Do everything by the proper channel because it's important for your pet if you want your pet to stay with you you got to do it right that's the broad strokes of what you need to travel with your pet and again it's different for working animals some countries will acknowledge working
0: animals some won't so that's a whole other can of worms different strokes for different different strokes for different folks you might say i i suppose Uh huh no okay fine then short little things you might want to pack to make things easier collapsible food and water dishes are always good uh that's good for road trips or flight uh collapsible litter box and then a nalgene of cat litter for you know your dogs and everything because they (laughs) love peeing in litter my dog loves going through litter just kidding it's for cats i mean you could probably put it in a ziploc bag if you really don't want to dedicate a nalgene bottle to your cat's litter you're just gonna need a lot of it just something that'll contain it and be sturdy depending yeah uh, a good thing always, I mean, even if you're just moving your cat is having a blanket that smells like you, smells like their normal environment, just to help keep them comfortable and a little bit calmer because there's something familiar, which we tried doing this when we were going to move my cat in and Mike already had a cat. We I brought a toy over that was one of his favorites and would always play with. So it smelled like him, but Mike threw it at her. <laughs> So she hated that toy. Like, she would hiss and growl at it and hide underneath the bed. But it turned out she liked Jerry better than the toy. Okay, oh, She's fine with the toy now, too. <laughs> but the fact that she was just bombarded by this lobster toy. Yeah, not a good choice. Don't throw the blanket at your cat. Just, you know, let them chill exactly. with the blanket. More things that are good for when you're trying to pack, especially if you're flying with them, um, would be zip ties. So, you know, those crate doors stay shut. Isn't that a requirement for most of them, is that they're actually secured with the zip tie or something? Yeah, exactly.
1: And they're supposed to be able to provide them to you, but not every counter will have them. And then you're running around trying to find them. It's better to just have a handful of zip ties handy.
0: And you know what else is handy to get those zip ties off? Nail clippers. Because you can fly with them, as long as I think they're the small ones and not the big monster Clippers? You can bring the big monster clippers. Can you? Okay. Yeah, you can bring well, almost... Well, depending on the
1: th- thickness. You can have almost any clipper so long as it doesn't
0: have the swivel out nail file. Oh, okay. So if you do have that nail file, maybe you just have to pry it off. Yep. Worst case. It's also good to bring a spare towel just so you can have a nice little tidy up moment if they were uh, forced to leave themselves in their crates. Because, you know, nobody likes paper towels wiped on them. (laughs) No. Nobody wants that. That's like worst case scenario of, oh my god, what have you done? (laughs) The towel's not enough. But that shouldn't be your, um, your first choice. And maybe a spare leash, just in case. Why do you need a spare leash, Sarah? So
1: when you're traveling with a pet in cargo, if there's a layover... They may take your pet out to relieve themselves on the tarmac. And you're supposed to have your leash and collar with you. But if they're going to let them out on the tarmac, they need a leash too. So, Okay, that makes sense. So I, the crate that I have for Moose has two storage containers on the top, one in the front, one in the back. And so I put food in one and then a leash and a collar in the other just in case. Because nobody that makes sense. expects their dog to get out. But in the event it does the people chasing after them also need to be able to leash and harness them.
0: That makes sense. Hopefully all of this makes sense and helps relieve some of your fear and anxiety if you are having to travel with a pet, especially by flight. That sounds terrible. Car rides are already sad when they just cry the whole
1: time. Yeah, One of the worst car rides I've ever taken was when I moved to Los Angeles. And at the time, I had two cats... And two parrots and that was bas- basically the whole back seat of the car was cat crate bird crate cat crate bird kate and you know who don't like being next to each other
0: cats and birds cats and birds <laughs> uh, that yeah. sounds like an eventful car ride a noisy car ride
1: it was very loud anytime you hit a bump the birds would go nuts and then the cats would cry like oh guys Please
0: just be quiet for a little bit. This is going to be a long 1,200 miles. And I feel like cats don't necessarily calm down easily in car rides unless they've gotten used to it when they're little. For the most part, most of them are not into it. Well,
1: Stinker wasn't a good car cat. Birdie, on the other hand, was only bad because Stinker would wind her up. Like, the sound of the other cat freaking out scared her. But... On the road trip back from Los Angeles to Seattle, six years later when I was moving out of my apartment, Birdie just soaked it up. That cat was in heaven. She either sat curled up at my feet or on my lap or just chilling on the console in the middle. At no point did we have to put her in a crate because she was just zoned out. It was like, oh... Vibrations from the car must have chilled her out because she was in heaven. How funny! Yeah, she was just kind of. She'd get up,
0: look around, and then
1: pass back out. But it helps that she was also six years older.
0: Yeah, she's more mellow. I feel like my cat would like car rides better if he could see out the window. But (laughs) because your cat's a dog, he's not secure. No, he just likes. He's interested in outside. Like if you crack open a window. He hears it and comes running and, like, has to get in the window and sniff the air. <laughs> yeah. He's just, he's interested in the
1: outside world. Yeah, Birdie was completely miserable in her crate until I was just like, screw it. I'm just going to get her out and pet her. And she just zonked out like it, nothing was going on. What a strange, strange kitty. Oh, the one thing that fascinated her, though, was drive throughs Because we were trying to make good time. And so we'd just go through drive-thrus like, twice a day. And we get up to the window, and she just perk up and look at the person in the window, like,
0: you are a magical being who passes food into our car. And they're probably like, is that a cat? What the fuck? Day is made. Can I pet your cat? <laughs> oh, she was so fascinated by it. But anyway,
1: those are the broad strokes of what to do if you're traveling. Just the key to this, as with all things, is to do your research and make sure you follow the rules. Especially when flying and internationally. Yeah. So I guess that brings us tip to our of the week. week.
0: What you got? This week's tip is brought to you by Sarah being an overachiever again and just, you know, deciding she talks about everything. So I'm going <laughs> to use it. Uh, apparently it's... N- <laughs> Apparently it's not unheard of for dogs to be let out of their crates during layovers. And maybe they don't go back into the crate where they once started in. And then they go on an adventure without you. <laughs> so, if you want your dog to go where you're going, uh, you can use the multitude of websites that let you customize pretty much anything with a photo. So, you can have luggage tags, you could probably have, like, i don't know a coffee mug attached to their crate with their face on it just you know put put a picture so they know what dog goes into what crate if they are let out for a little potty break during the layover just so you don't get um mrs jones's tiny shih tzu when you had a giant mastiff which the crate size would be very interesting and be like how did you <laughs> i mean you could get the shih tzu but who got the mastiff <laughs> maybe a bad example yeah. Um. But yeah, use use those customization websites to make tags with a photo of your pet so they match it up to the right thing. And if they still get it wrong, then they've got a lot of splaining to do. It's like yep. there's literally a picture. How did you mess this up?
1: It was one of the things I did when I took Moose home for Christmas that one year is I was terrified. My mom told me, well, did you hear that story about the two dogs that got swapped and one of them got shipped off to bermuda or i don't know where and uh (gasps) to the triangle yes the triangle and they never saw it again um i printed out just a picture of moose and hung it from the front of the crate and while i was home i had one made on like a actual plastic hard plastic luggage tag made on zazzle or snapfish or whatever some site like that so it was durable
0: oh my gosh I just had a brilliant idea. What, what if you got, like, the mesh... Well, it's not mesh, but the stretchy uh, suitcase c- cover where you can get it customized mm-hmm. to be, like, somebody's face and just had a photo of your dog to pull over the crate? Because it'd still be breathable. I think that ruins the ventilation a little bit. It'd be kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, maybe a little, but it would have been funny. Yeah, or even if it's a cabin critter, you could still put a tag on it so then, you know... People won't be wondering what you're smuggling or what's making that noise. They'll literally see, oh, it's a cat or it's a small dog. Good conversation starter. Oh, I
1: just had one more tip to throw in. I'm sorry. I just have a lot of thoughts about pets. Uh, If you are traveling with a pet going through. You have a lot of feelings. If you're traveling with a pet in the cabin with you you may wonder what do you do during the security check because your pet may be in a carrier and it may be a cat and how do you deal with that what you do is as you go up to the scanners you show them your pet carrier and they will someone will take the carrier to the other side beyond the detector let you walk through and then they will take you to a private room for a screening where they will close you into a room so the cat cannot escape so i know a lot of people think i just have to carry my pet through the scanner no go to a private room get a special screening there so that way your cat can't run free and live in the airport forever
0: what if that was the cat's whole life goal like i'm free bitches (laughs) yeah yeah should have talked to my mom about this she travels with her dog all the time well that dog has probably flown more than i have (laughs) Well, I don't know. It could be pretty close. My dog has been to more
1: countries than most people. That's true. It's a little frightening, actually. He was not born in Germany. Nope. He's oh. been to Greece, the Netherlands, Germany, the U.S., and a tiny bit of Belgium. He's a, a well-traveled dog. Yep. So I think that wraps up this episode. Hopefully that was useful and stress subduing because I know I was super stressed out the first time I had to travel with an animal it's a challenging thing to wrap your head around
0: it's a challenging thing to do in general especially if you're flying by yourself and you're trying to haul an animal whether it's a big or small one it's, it's still extra cargo yeah.
1: so it is possible I can confirm I have done it and If you know that this is something you need to do, you're relocating for a long term, don't let people try to make you feel bad about it. Because people tried to make me feel bad about it both times I had to do it. And you know what? You got to do what you got to do. You made a commitment to an animal. They are part of your family. And where you go, they go. They
0: are not disposable.
1: Exactly. So it's tough. But you can make it work. It is entirely possible. And way, way more animals travel per year than you would think. So don't let horror stories about accidents make you feel bad or stress you out. Because for every accident, there's a thousand animals traveling successfully. Yep.
0: And it's not even just plane travels. If you're having to relocate and you can drive there, you know, you got to do the right thing for the animal and take the right steps to make sure that... Their travel will be as comfortable as yep. yours. And it's okay for them to move with you. Sometimes they have to learn about stairs later in life. Uh, explain? Uh, Allie has only lived in, like, single floor places, like, most of her life. So when we moved to where we are, we had stairs. <laughs> so it's the funniest thing to watch her, like, bunny hop up and down them she doesn't like it's not as smooth as a cat that's known stairs most of the life it's funny it's cute though Uh, on a bigger
1: scale if you watch jenna marble's videos you know that last year she adopted a greyhound uh it was not a retired racing dog it was a blood donor dog because greyhounds are universal donors so it spent the first three years of her life donating blood and they brought her to their house, and they have stairs. Imag- so you know how hard it was to teach Allie to use the stairs? Now imagine a
0: greyhound. Oh, she figured it out. We didn't have to teach her. Greyhounds, I've we've had them before, which were X-Racers, and they're mostly legs. Mm-hmm. And they can't do open back stairs. Yeah, well. Like, that's not... That's definitely not a forte for she them. She
1: posted some videos around the time they first adopted Bunny, and watching her and her boyfriend try to get a greyhound up the stairs was very entertaining.
0: Yes. They're not the most confident no, with stairs. But she's a very cute dog, so, you know. Well, greyhounds are just cute dogs in general, they're like giant kitties. <laughs> They're great. They're great dogs. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that wraps up this episode. Go forth and travel with your pets as necessary and with confidence.
0: Maybe teach them about stairs. (laughs) Uh, And just remember, it's an
1: adventure. So bring your furry buddy with you on your adventures. They might like it. Or try to murder you
0: in your sleep. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) But, you know... Um, it's It's not it's doable that's the key takeaway and you'll get a fun story out of your newest adventure Mm -hmm. mm-hmm yeah join us next week for more travel related goodness of sock rocking man i thought we were building up
1: to edginess but that was not that was not it (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, uh join us next week where we talk about how to jump a canyon on a motorcycle with your pet while biting the head off of a bat. Why do you keep going back to the Aussie reference? Cuz it's edgy. God. But I'm my references are also evil. from 1992. I Join us next week where we teach Sarah about, you know, 1993. <laughs> Yes,
1: I've been waiting for that volume in the box set. It's finally here.
0: Oh, boy. Uh, It's time to go. Yes, it is. Okay, bye. Bye. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to another episode of Seattle 2 Unknown. Don't forget to tell your friends about us and subscribe so you never miss a thing. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest under C2Unknown. That's S-E-A-T-O-Unknown. Or you can check us out on our website, www.c2unknown.com. Want to know what we do on our off time? You can find both Sarah and I on Twitter and Instagram. Sarah is at S-A-R underscore S, and I'm at Hooligan Monster on both. We would also love to hear from you. Send us an email with your stories and travel tips to cedounknown at gmail.com. Until then, it's an adventure. Bye! That ginger ale just runs right through yeah. <laughs> Good to know. Take that out.